Hey everybody, I just want to take a moment to talk about a new thing I'm doing. Over the years, many of you have reached out to me telling me how much you love the podcast, but also wish there were more personalized takeaways and more in-depth interactions with our guests to hear what they think about comedy. This is why I'm now launching my new digital academy, Blueprint for Success. With exclusive interviews and comedy philosophies of stars and industry veterans, personalized versions of the Industry Standard podcast, commercial-free, and one-on-one coaching time with me. Blueprint for Success will give you the powerful tools that will take you up the elevator beyond the competition and reach the highest possible levels to achieve your dreams. Whether it be stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, hosting, radio podcasting, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or an agent. Now I'm here to help, personally. We'll go on an express train of comedy and entertainment like nobody else has before. You can find out more about Blueprint for Success and the comedy business on my website at barrycats.com. Together, we'll take your career where you want it to go. Hey everybody, I just wanted to take a moment before this episode to thank you so much because this is episode number 400, 400th episode. Just hard to believe, seems like only yesterday that I was sitting in my office waiting for my first guest, the former president of Viacom Entertainment, Doug Herzog, and now it's 400 episodes later. I am so grateful for you. I am so thankful if you know me or know anything about me. I am so sincere when I say this. This show would never exist without all of you and all of your support and subscribing and passing it on to your friends and telling people about it. I set out to do something to be helpful for people to be informative to be inspirational and i am so thankful that quite possibly unbelievably we accomplished our goal thank you again and enjoy this very special episode with caitlin jenner the one thing in my head that's the toughest is my dad he never heard this story and I wonder uh, how he would be with it. My instinct would be this. I think at first, I think his first issue would go, what the hell are you talking about? But that wouldn't have stopped me. Uh, I would have had to do what I had to do. Um, but as time goes on, I think my dad would have been, you know, because he softened up a lot at the latter part of his life. I think he would have seen what we're trying to do for this very marginalized community around the world. And I think he'd be proud of little Caitlin and what she's doing. And yeah, but still it's tough that I never got to tell him. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Industry Standard. For those of you who are regular listeners, thank you so, so much for all your support. Without you, I wouldn't be able to do this and I'm so, so grateful. For those of you coming to us for the first time, I know you're going to enjoy this episode today with Caitlyn Jenner. It was such a pleasure to talk to her and I learned so much about life and what it's like to really, really overcome tremendous issues and still prevail in this world. And when I look at Caitlyn Jenner, I think about where we met, and I think of a story I want to tell you that's a departure from my normal cold open stories, but I think you'll really, really enjoy it. I met Caitlyn Jenner in a Starbucks. I was sitting doing some work after I dropped my kids off at school, and I was just hanging out there, And if you know anything about a Starbucks, the most amazing thing about it is every class of people merge together and coexist 
and have a great time together. It's the wealthiest people in the world that the Starbucks, everybody from Lady Gaga to Adele come by here, but also the least successful people, people who have nothing, people who have very, very little. And they're there every day too. And they coexist and they enjoy each other's company. And Caitlyn Jenner is somebody who merges with all socioeconomic dynamics of people and seamlessly integrates with everybody. Always accessible, always kind, always generous. And I got to meet her for the first time in a very unique way. I was doing some work after I took my kids to school and to beat the traffic, and I'm sitting down and I'm on my computer just looking down, and and you know when somebody sits next to you and it sort of jumps the bench a little bit, but you don't really look out, you're just looking down, and I'm looking down at these beautiful, beautiful shoes, but the feet inside the shoes are very large. And I'm looking at these incredible, long, slender legs, and I look up, and there's a flat stomach and a halter top, and I look up further, and face-to-face -face I am with Caitlyn Jenner for the first time in my life. And I say hi, and she says hi, and we start talking, and we were sitting there for 90 minutes having the best conversation. And every once in a while I'd look up and there'd be people standing and sitting, listening to our conversation. And it was incredible, just really, really inspirational. And I let her know that I had to go and she said, I have to go too and we walked out together. We got to the parking lot and I was saying goodbye to her, and she raised up her hand as if to give me a high five, and I slapped her hand, and then she interlocked her fingers with mine and was looking right at me. And she said these words, and I'll never forget them. She said, are you comfortable with your sexuality? And I paused, and I looked at her, and I thought about it, and I said, yeah, why? And then she pointed her arm and finger in a direction in the corner of the parking lot. And she said, because see that guy with the camera over there? That's the paparazzi from the UK. And then she pointed her finger to another part of the parking lot and said, that's the paparazzi from Italy. And then she pointed her finger in another area of the parking lot and said, that's the paparazzi from the United States. And then she turned back at me with a wry smile and she said... Congratulations, Barry. You're my next love interest. Okay, here we go in three, two. This show will have laughter. I got everybody pregnant with Barry Katz and semen. I'm not comfortable with the tone this is taking. If you're undeniable, you will not be denied. If you want to be successful in show business, you get yourself a Jew white manager like Barry Katz. <laughs> Being a manager is just turning no's into yeses. Creating holy shit moments. Uh, undeniable. You fucking firing me up, Katz. I love this man. Is there anything else I should know? You're on. What? Out of the air! Barry Katz. Back in the house. 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 Let's do this. When you were going to tell your story, obviously, with Al and your publicist, right. there clearly there had to be at least five different interviewers that wanted to interview you. Maybe three, maybe seven. How did you decide on Diane Sawyer? Was it the same process of like, I felt the comfortability? Was it like dating? You had to go and meet each person and yeah. say which one I'm going to feel more comfortable with? I... Um because the uh, me and this issue had been treated by the media as like in the tabloids and the gun. This is not a tabloid story. This is a story about humanity, about me. It's an important story. Um, Alan and I, when I decided uh, uh, that I was going to do this, uh, I had to do it right. Um, uh, I had to get it out of the tabloids and put it front page credible, not just about me, but about this whole community. Um, and I sat down, uh, actually, Alan, who was my PR guy back in the 80s, he was a young PR, then in a little cub there at uh, Rogers and Cowan, they were going to write, an, uh, the New York Times was going to write an article, I was a cross-dresser, this is when I was going through my struggles, you know, back in the 80s. 
And um, I brought Alan, my lawyer, and my manager into a room and said, oh, they're thinking about doing this. Well, here's my story. I told them my story, and they just can't do it. I'm not ready for this, okay? And so Alan was successful in you know, calling the guy and basically going, are you kidding me? You're going to write an article about that? Oh, my God. Anyway, successful in shutting it down. And then I didn't need a PR guy for the next 25 years at least. And then all of a sudden, of course, the first person I'm going to call is Alan. Uh, when I decided, okay, I got to do this, didn't even know if he was still at Rogers and Cowan. So I called information in Beverly Hills. Rogers and Cowan, please. <clears throat> Back in the day when you actually called information. And uh, uh, and so I called up Rogers and Cowan, and I just says, uh, Alan, you're up, please. And uh, they go, just one second. And I go, oh my God, he's still there. <laughs> Find out now he's president of Rogers and Cowan. But that's a whole other story. Alan's done very well for himself and called him up and said, hey, Alan, uh, we got to talk. And since he knew the story and kept it quiet for like 28 years, um, uh, he goes, okay, I'll be there on Saturday. And in so when he came out on that Saturday, we sat down and I told him where I'm at. And, um, and and it was mutual. I wanted Diane Sawyer, okay? So you knew from the start that that's the only person you wanted. Um, Barbara Walters had done some interviews with trans people. This girl named Jenna Telekova, who was um, <clears throat> uh, in the Miss Canada Universe pageant. Um, and she was a trans girl. And it became a big media thing. And um, uh, Barbara Walters asked her this question, which just ticked me off. And that question was, she goes, well, if you were just standing there and didn't have any clothes on, would I see a man or a woman? Barbara, it's none of your damn business. Because too many people think it's about that. It's about your genitalia and about what you had. No, it's not between your legs this issue is between your ears okay it's your soul it's about who you are it's not what you got between your legs okay and too many people can't separate that they think it's sexual they think it's this and when that one that really ticked me off um like katie couric uh <clears throat> she had asked some inappropriate questions of trans people and a lot of people have they feel like the audience wants to know what you got between your legs you know when within the community it's the least most important thing but diane sawyer i just think i'd met her on a few occasions just briefly i've never been interviewed by her but just a class act and we had mark robertson come out her producer um and we sat down at my house and discussed it and um yeah she wound up doing it and i was just so happy for that now a lot of people in the audience don't understand this and i don't even understand it at that point that's a huge, huge relevant story, not just in the country, in the world. One would think you could sign a contract with any of these people and say, listen, you want this interview? I get final cut mm -hmm. or else we're not doing this interview. But apparently all these people doing these interviews can't cut out what Barbara Walters says or whatever. Did you go in knowing you had the power to say, listen, I'll do this with you, Diane, but I got final cut on this? Technically, no. Or with uh, Diane Sawyer, Mark Robertson, producer, who it's just has become and still is like just one of my closest friends. Uh, he's just such a wonderful person, gay guy, um, and been with Diane from day one. I mean, he's just the best. I had confidence, one, in Diane Sawyer, or else I wouldn't have done it with her, that she would do the story right. When I talked to Mark Robertson about it, um, it was, uh, I, I, I wanted this, it was originally supposed to be an hour. I wanted this to be not just about me. I wanted it to be about the community and about the struggles of trans people with in, in our society today. I want it to be more than just me. It's, it's you know, uh, I want people, this is a great opportunity to get people to understand the issue. Um, and uh, it went, and when you got Diane Sawyer uh, and she's editing and putting it together and she goes, this is just too much here. She calls up the president of the network says, we need two hours. We can't do it in one. And the president of the network says, 
okay, Diane, whatever you want, you know? And so it became a two-hour special, so we even get more into it. I just felt like I was in really, really good hands and that they loved me and they were on my side. They're not going to do anything bad for the community and bad for that. Vanity Fair, same way. Um, uh, we did look at the article before they actually went out and did it, but I had we picked this guy, Buzz Bissinger, who wound up being uh, working with me on the book. Um, Buzz, uh, who's crazy. I love him to death. Um, and, uh, but, uh, just a Pulitzer Prize winning writer. It just, he's a great, great writer. Uh, he was going to do the interview and, and we were together for three months. Um, you know, he kind of went through everything. Uh, yeah, those last three months, um, and wrote a wonderful article. Um, the pictures, I never really saw the pictures until, uh, um, really till it came out. They showed me the week before a, a couple of the pictures, you know, but not all of them. Um, but I just had to have a lot of confidence in Vanity Fair and Buzz and that they're going to do the job. And uh, when you when you do a hard news story like Diane Sawyer, you really don't get final cut. It's, it's, it's you hand it to them and it's there. I just had a lot of confidence that they'd do the right thing and they did. Hey everybody, I hope you're enjoying this episode as much as I am. If you made it this far and you haven't fallen asleep yet, then you must be the type of person who's serious about having a career in the comedy business. That's why I'm offering you my Blueprint for Success, a one-of-a-kind all-access pass into my knowledge and experience after over 40 years of working with the best of the best in this crazy entertainment industry. I'll tell you all the stories, all the philosophies, give you all the great special guests, and even give you one-on-one -on -one private consultations to help you expand, enhance, and skyrocket your comedy career. Just go to barrycats.com and click on Blueprint for Success to learn more about my groundbreaking digital academy that I've created just for you. With it, we can take your career so far that one day, instead of listening to this podcast, you'll be interviewed on it. I think the decisions just from the point of this podcast and people listening because it's something that a lot of people don't get and because your publicist is here, Alan, it's just people don't really look at things as closely maybe as I self-analyze and I also analyze things that people do in terms of business. But the strategy was so flawless in my mind of how to get the story out in terms of each step. I can honestly say, and I don't mean to give Alan and you a big head, but one of the greatest publicity rollouts in terms of strategic things that happened that I've ever seen in my entire life to get a message out positively. It was yeah, incredible. Yeah, that's exactly it. And that's because I felt like, not just for me and my family, but for this entire community, we have to do it right. And Alan, who's... I started him doing this stuff 30 years ago. What I also love about the story between you two, and whether you want to admit it or not, it's kind of like a little bit of a love affair and so Oh, yeah. I because love you yeah. hired him, you fired him <laughs> unceremoniously, and yeah. you hired him again. Yeah. And no manager like myself loves anything more than getting a phone call 10 years later from somebody who fired me and said, oh, yeah, can yeah, we yeah, talk yeah, again? Yeah, yeah. That's hey, the yeah, greatest yeah. thing yeah, in the it world. Yeah, it is. It is. No, um, it was very well thought out. And Alan was brilliant in doing all this stuff. Because honestly, um, uh, less is more. Don't do everything. Do the right thing. See, I, I would literally get a thousand uh, requests for interviews. And you even asked for the last two years... I'm standing in line at the Starbucks this last time, okay? I have my back. I hear her voice, but I don't turn around because I'm like, I can't let this person think that, like I'm some kind of person. Just I want her to be able to just get a coffee and not have to see my mug every time in there. Yeah, and so I'm there, I'm doing my thing. I'm just staring straight ahead. And this guy, Brandon, who's there every day, who lives in a van somewhere, incredible English guy, 
but I don't know what he does for a living. And yeah, he just yeah. comes right up to her and says, why don't you do his podcast? And I turn around <laughs> and it's almost the most angry I've actually ever been in a Starbucks. I turn around and I said, Brandon, please, please leave her alone. Yeah. Let her yeah. get her coffee. I don't want her to have to yeah. worry about coming in here. No, and I, but I was and, honest and, with you. And I turned back around and all of a sudden yeah. I hear, I'll do it. First time you ask, I honestly said, um, you didn't really ask. It was Bre Brendan kind of getting in there. And, the first know, thing I did was I did this thing that I do all the time that I tell my audience to do. I tell them to go get FedEx envelopes from wherever it is, write a beautiful letter, write out the slip, and give it to a place where you know they're going to be, and they'll hand the FedEx envelope, and everybody opens a FedEx. And I sent you a FedEx the first time. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. I sent at Vintage Grocers. Yeah. And uh, and then, uh, but the thing is, um, because it was so methodical and what we were trying to do uh, as far as PR, um, you know, I had three things I was going to do. And I, actually, it started off as two, and um, uh, which was Diane Sawyer, uh, then Van, and Diane Sawyer was never mentioning Caitlin's name. It's all about little Bruce. And then Vanity Fair was going to come out, and uh, I thought, even in, our, even in our first conversations with Alan, I, I thought that I thought Vanity Fair would be a great place to go because you have to have kind of the written side of this um, uh, to, you know, for Caitlin's first interview, and uh, because they're edgy enough, but they're also classy enough. I mean, I think that's a great publication to do. And, and Alan, of course, is friends with all the people at Vanity Fair calls me back a few days later and says, you've got the cover of Vanity Fair. And I'm going, oh, whoa, we're in. Yeah, I guess I'm doing this big time. <laughs> and that cover, that Vanity Fair cover for me, although my kids, especially on the Jenner side, they were not that pissed, pleased with it because it was kind of a, a hot shot of little, little Caitlin here. Uh, but for me, um, you know, and then having Annie Leibovitz, uh, they got her to shoot it. And it was just, I had never had anybody professional do my hair, makeup, or had a stylist or any of that stuff. Next thing I knew, my house was full of clothes. Um, you know, Annie Leibovitz is showing up. Uh, it was just like the greatest. It was a two-day shoot. Like, the, just it was just phenomenal. And everybody was in the crew and with Vanity Fair were just so excited about the whole thing. And um, because we were so bringing this issue forward. And when it came out, um, honestly, I loved it just for the shock value because Annie takes great shots and you had hair and makeup and the clothes and the whole thing. I did see a few of the pictures before the magazine, but I had not seen all of them. Um, and... Uh, I was real happy just because I love the shock value because it ended right there. Okay. It's over with. Okay. And here's Caitlin. Okay. Everybody, the media, the public. I mean, that cover won uh, the most, the best cover of any publication for the entire year, you know? And but it changed everything immediately right then. Within ten minutes, it was the story was different. After Diane Sawyer, the media, the tabloids couldn't tear up on me because I was being honest. And when Vanity Fair came out, the pronouns changed, name changed. Everybody knew the name. Honestly, <laughs> the media was kind of tough because they threw little Bruce under the bus thinking this Caitlin character is a lot more interesting. <laughs> and uh, But I still was not going to do any other interviews. The next thing that came up, which they came to us, was about the Espies. And uh, that was in like another two or three months later. If you haven't seen it, you just go on YouTube and watch the speech yeah. at the ESPYs. It's really incredible. And I think one of the things that's... That was my first public appearance. I'd never been in public. And there I am standing up there and looking at LeBron James and Brett Farr. And first thing I thought when I read the book was, you're a better actor than you give yourself <laughs> credit for. I do good in that stuff, yeah. Because yeah. you think about certain people who experienced Olympic glory 
who just couldn't make it happen, like Mark Spitz. But you would walk on a set. You know a good one to watch? Bruce, one of his last things he did, I did Jimmy Fallon. And, uh, oh, I was so ready for him. Uh, I was, I had material written. (laughs) I had the whole thing. You know, Jeff Dunham, he's a real good friend of mine. And uh, there was an incident that happened at the games in London in 12, 2012. And uh, because at that time, the media had no idea what was going on. And all the late night guys are just doing this, you know, face jokes and this and that. They were all coming up with this stuff. And I was getting so tired. I was actually in Marburg, Germany at like two o'clock in the morning because I couldn't sleep. I had just gotten there. And of course, I'm watching the only English speaking station on the you know TV and there's Jimmy Fallon. Ah, I'll watch Jimmy Fallon. And he does his little monologue. And he's coming up with these Bruce jokes. He can't blink anymore or stuff for plastic surgery. Oh, and I'm laying there at 2 o'clock in the morning in Marburg, Germany, thinking I was just getting so upset. Here I am in the middle of nowhere, okay? And I, gotta, I can't escape it. I got to listen to this crap, you know, that's going on out there. I'm so tired of the late night guys with their jokes and this and that. So I ran into him at the games. A couple of weeks later was the games and it's NBC. And of course he was there. So when you run into him and he knows what he's been saying about you, what's the look on his face when he runs into you? Tom Brokaw was there and Tom's a good friend. I've known him forever. And this is still back in the old, you know, Bruce days. <clears throat> and um, I had just finished my last on camera. And I, I got a seven o'clock flight tomorrow morning to go home. I've been on the road for like three weeks. I, I'm a homebody. I love being home. Anyway, and so I was going to just go over and say, you know, he was talking to somebody and I was going to just say goodbye. And uh, uh, so I go over there and he goes, oh, he was talking to Jimmy Fallon. Here he is right there. Where two weeks earlier, I'm in Marburg, Germany, listening to making a face joke. And so I was nice. I played, hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> so you acted like you didn't hear it. Yeah. And so I didn't say anything. And I just said, hi, nice to meet you. And this and that. I said, Tom, you know, I'm leaving. And anyway, it's great seeing you again. And I walk away and I go, they had a, they had a Starbucks there. <laughs> Barry, you would love it. They, at the International Broadcast Center. And the coffee was free. You didn't have to pay for it. So I'm going to go over and get my little latte for the ride home. And I'm, the next morning I'm out of there. I'm like so happy. And I'm going over to get the Starbucks. And I'm, I'm, I'm waiting there for my little latte. And I'm thinking, you big chicken. Okay. Why didn't you just give him a, just, you had him right there. Just give him a piece of your mind. I'm sick of these stupid ass face jokes, you know, and I'm getting madder and madder and I'm getting my little coffee. And so finally I get my coffee and I turn around, I start walking out. Who's walking in? Jimmy Fallon. Now, by this time, I'm pretty pumped up. <laughs> okay. I'm about ready. So anyway, with a big smile on my face as he's going by, I reach my hand out and shake his hand and then shaking his hand, I don't let it go. And I get right in his face and I say, I'm sick of the fucking fake jokes okay i don't like it my family doesn't like it okay i don't want any more of those you know and you just gotta stop and his eyes were so big okay he's like and his head's just bobbing okay 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 did you hear me and i walk away I walk away and I am feeling so good. Okay. I just finished the games. I got a seven o'clock flight to go home. I've been on the road for three weeks and I just told uh, Jimmy Fallon to go take a flying leap. Okay. And so I'm on cloud nine. I'm walking out of that place. I got my little latte. I got the biggest smile. I got ahead of driver while I was there. I got this driver. I said, you just can't believe what just happened. It was like the perfect ending to the games, okay? I just told Jimmy Fallon off, and I'm out of here. I'm gone. Now, for me, I thought, if I was Jimmy Fallon, I would have kind of reached out after that. Maybe even have you on your show, maybe a letter or whatever. I would have, if it was me, I would have reached out just a little bit and say, you know what, you're right, I'm sorry, or whatever. And about a month later, uh, it was a, uh, um, my secretary calls me and says, Jimmy Fallon's office called and they wanted your email address. I go, yeah, should I give it to him? And I said, of course, I'm thinking, 
I'm going to get a letter. Nothing, nothing. Months go by. And then all of a sudden, one day, they call up and they said, Jimmy Fallon would like you to do the show. I said, of course I'll do the show. <laughs> of course I will. So that's when I called Jeff Dunham. I said, Jeff, we got to come up with some material. We got to, I mean, I got to think this thing out, okay? This has got to be funny, okay? But I'm not going to be easy on him, but you can, there's, there's a balance here. So when I get there to do the show, um, <clears throat> I had this friend with me and I said, you stand outside that door and you know how they go around and say hi to everybody before the show starts? Yeah. Don't let them in. <laughs> I don't want to see them until I walk out there. So he comes to the door to go say hi because I don't want to lose that little edge there. And the guy at the door goes, uh, sorry. You know, Bruce doesn't want to see you. And he goes, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so he's doing his monologue. And he's even, he even mentions it during his monologue that like he's scared that I wouldn't even <laughs> let him in the dressing room where I was, okay? So finally, I come out through the curtain. He has not seen me since I told him to take a flying leap, okay? And I sit down and I was so ready for him. Oh my God, I had all the material. I had everything. I didn't even let him get a word in. <laughs> he even said at one point, I haven't even asked a question. I said, that's all right, I got this segment. <laughs> He was dying, dying laughing after it was over with. It was very funny. And, but after it was over with, he goes, oh, my God, that was just so great. You've got to come back. But I haven't been back since. So, Hey, everybody. Let me remind you one more time about my new blueprint for success. It's a project I've spent months and months working on just to help you jumpstart your comedy career and beat the competition. Whether you want to do stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, radio, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or agent, Blueprint for Success will give you all the tools you need to take your career to the highest levels. With exclusive interviews, my top 50 commercial-free episodes from Industry Standard, one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, and unprecedented access into my knowledge and experience from over 40 years in this crazy business. I guarantee you that with Blueprint for Success, you'll become the creator you've always dreamed of becoming. No one's asking me to do this. I want to do it because I want to help you become truly undeniable. So just go to barrycats.com, click on Blueprint for Success, and start your incredible journey today. I truly can't wait to work with you to help you change the trajectory of your comedy career forever. Hey everybody, and I wanted to thank some of the sponsors on the podcast, starting with AquaTrue. If you haven't bought this countertop water purification system, you have to do so. It's incredible. It turns tap water into your favorite bottled water instantly. It saves you thousands and thousands of dollars. It gets rid of all those plastic bottles that you have in your trash. Thousands and thousands of listeners have bought these. Everybody loves it. Not one complaint. It's incredible. I haven't bought a bottle of water in years since I got this, and you won't either. And if you go right now to industrystandardwater.com and type in the promo code Barry, you'll immediately get a $100 discount. A $100 discount and start enjoying the best and most cost-effective water you've ever had. I guarantee it. Lastly, the Air Doctor. I don't know what the air inside your house is like but the air inside my house it feels heavy at times before I got this product and now it got rid of all the bad air in my house the dust the pet hair the pollen it just gets rid of all the contaminants circulating through your home and for me when I got this product it was amazing the difference that I found in the air in my house and it's normally $600 and you can check Amazon right now and you'll see but for all of you listening today, I can offer you $300 off. 
$300. Just go to airdoctorpro.com and type in the promo code Barry. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code Barry, and save $300 and get rid of all the bad toxins in your house and start breathing the cleanest and healthiest air in the world. Six degrees of separation. I'm going to oh. say something and I just want you to say what comes to ooh, mind. Ooh, could be I one word. Yes. Could be a sentence. Okay. Could be anything. Yeah, with me, unfortunately, brevity is not my forte. That's okay. Alan's going to drag me out of here soon <laughs> in a second. All right. Peace train. Cat Stevens. The peace train in life is the greatest gift of peace in your soul. Dyslexia. Um, very difficult when you're young. It kind of affects you all through your life. But if that's the biggest problem you have in life, let me tell you, you got it made. The village people. So much fun doing the movie Can't Stop the Music. Um, yeah, they were actually very nice. See, I had, I didn't even really know them when they first came out. And uh, I had met Alan Carr. They asked to do this movie. Uh, they actually wrote it for me. I was the first one that they had. And uh, we really had a lot of fun. I mean, we, we had a grand old time. Yeah, it was a fun movie to do. And then... Uh, now it's like a cult movie. It's like the Rocky Horror Show and Can't Stop the Music. It's great. It's still out there every once in a while, you know? Yeah. Montreal. Very proud of it. Donald Trump. From my perspective, I'm glad he's there and not Hillary Clinton. Do I agree with everything? No. But I'm glad somebody's standing up for the people of this country and for this country in general. Courage. The military. My dad's buried at Arlington. World War II veteran. That's courage. Nobody was putting a gun to my head. Or I, my, he went 5th Ranger Battalion, landed at Omaha Beach, running up the beach. That's courage. Fate. There are many times when, you know, at the time it doesn't seem like that big a decision. But when you look back on your life and your life comes to the why in the road, you can go left, you can go right, you know? Um, and at the time you make a decision, you go somewhere. But faith is you look back on it and you see, oh my God, what if I would have gone the other direction? None of this would have happened. You know, none of this, 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 and this. So faith is kind of like what gets you through life. I mean, Hopefully you make good concrete decisions in life, but um, you really can't, you know, you don't know what the outcome is going to be. You know, you hope for the best. Your mom. My mom is the best. Oh, God, you know what? When you were talking earlier about, you know, what kids do you start with? My mom was the last one to know. Uh, she was the hardest one. Um, uh, I just, you know, I'm her kid. And she would ask me questions because she'd see the rags, you know, in the grocery line and the stupid stuff they were writing. <laughs> oh, what is all this stuff? All my girlfriends are asking. Oh, mom, it's the rags. Finally, at some point when I knew I was going through with this, I'd already told my sister 30 years earlier. Um, I knew I had to tell her. And I remember I was sitting up there in my little UTV up on top of a hill, looking out over the ocean and Malibu. And I thought, you know what? I got to call her. I just got to get this over with. And um, she immediately, like any mother would, oh my God, what did I do wrong? I said, mom, I hate to say it, you had nothing to do with this. You didn't do anything wrong. Well, how could I have not known? Mom, I was really good at hiding. Nobody knew. So after that first week of her, we're talking on the phone every day and she's got all these questions. She knows nothing about trans issues, nothing. 
You know, nothing about the LGBT community. You know, she's online. I said, Mom, go online. Put in transgender, and then you will get um, tons and tons and tons of information. So my mom's trying to gather all this information. And she's been my greatest supporter ever since then. Uh, she's been absolutely great. Loves what I'm doing. The tough one. And probably my the one thing in my head that's the toughest is my dad. Um, uh, he never heard this story. And <clears throat> I wonder uh, how he would be with it. You know, he was a fifth ranger battalion, pretty macho guy, uh, loved, loved, loved old Bruce, you know, and loved what I, the first time he went back to Germany after the war was to watch me run in the games in Munich, you know, and it was very tough on him just listening to the Germans talk. Um, he goes, just, you know, he was the first group into Buchenwald, saw what the Germans had done. I mean, you know, all his friends around him died. He should have died. He even said it on his deathbed. You know, I should have died a long time ago. I'm very happy. I had a great life. Um, and I all I always wonder how he would have been with this. My instinct would be this. Um, uh, I think at first, because <laughs> he knows nothing about any of the LGBT community, I think his first is to go, what the hell are you talking about? You know, what? A woman, I, oh man, you know, straighten up. Um, but that wouldn't have stopped me. Uh, I would have had to do what I had to do. Um, but as time goes on, I think my dad would have been, you know, because he softened up a lot at the latter part of his life. I think he would have seen what we're trying to do for this very marginalized community around the world. And I think he'd be proud of little Caitlin and what she's doing. And yeah, but still it's tough that I never got to tell him. Your proudest moment in show business. The speech at the ESPYs, um, that would be probably my proudest moment of standing in front of my peers and having an opportunity to bring this issue forward. I worked for two months, it was eight minutes long, I worked for two months. I used, and I never use a writer, with a guy who I thought, uh, uh, and and the SBs thought, you know, I really want to work with a writer and myself. It's my story, but just how to word it and make sure we get all the points, because this eight minutes is by far the most important eight minutes of my life. My first public appearance. I've got my peers in front of me. It's a worldwide audience. Um, <clears throat> I got to get it straight for my community and for my family. Uh, and so once it was over, I was scared to death. There was not one visible sign. It was seamless. You were flawless. If you were nervous, that never showed yeah. on television. Well, I've been in the speaking business forever <laughs> and in front of crowds. Um, <laughs> I've done thousands and thousands of Bruce has done thousands and thousands and thousands of speeches over the last 40 years the champion within the speech right? yeah and I, I talk about it in the book I go you know and sometimes I was frustrated so I wear like pantyhose underneath or <laughs> underwear or in a, and a bra underneath my suit <clears throat> and uh, just because I had all that stuff with me up in the up in the hotel room they can't see anything <laughs> screw them you know and then I'd be standing up there since I'd given it so many thousands of times um, and thinking as I look around the audience, I'm thinking, these people don't know me at all. You know, they, I'm, I'm talking about 24, you know, 48 hours in my life, which was, you know, the 29th and 30th of 1976. And um, there's so much more to me than that, you know, and, and, um, will I ever get to tell that story? And I'd walk off the stage and I'd feel like a fraud, like I just didn't give them the whole story. Well, that was the first time I stood up on stage. I hate to tell you, I did have brawn panties on underneath all of that. Yes, I did for the first time. And I, it felt good. It felt good. I don't have to lie. So, um, yeah, that would I'd have to say that's probably my, my proudest moment because I, I yeah, I, it was the beginning of not living a life with no secrets.
biggest disappointment in the entertainment business and how you used it to fuel yourself to the next level? Ooh, biggest. Some of the shows, some of the shows that I've done, they they didn't turn out as, uh, I thought they were so good and they just didn't turn out as good as they possibly would. You know, we take Can't Stop the Music or any of those types. It was disappointing. Anytime you're involved in something in the entertainment world, you're hoping, you know, it's going to be a hit. There's not many hits out there, okay? They're tough to find. Uh, it's going to be hit. Everybody's going to love it and on and on and on. And then what doesn't work out that way, you know, they don't see the world the way you may see the world. That, that kind of, yeah, that gets disappointing. So you're talking about more like a television series where you did an acting performance or a talk show. Are you talking about the Kardashian show? Yeah, that's exactly Got it. it, in general. Got yeah, it. and, you know, we've all had... We've all had those, haven't yes, we? we have. Thank you. That's, okay. That's another podcast. Uh, yeah, that's, an, that's another thing. Last question before Alan kills me. What advice do you have for the young person who's growing up in New England and sort of not knowing what's going on and knowing that there's something happening, but not knowing where to turn and, and how to take the steps to take their life and their career to the next level? You have done that in your career in multifaceted ways. You've been number one in sports. You're the number one spokesman and person for these issues. And you've done it the keeping silent way. You've succeeded hiding it for so long. I have a feeling the advice that you'd give for people to have the kind of career that you've had and the kind of impact you've had if somebody were feeling that somewhere in the world at a very young age, they know something's going on. What advice would you give to them, the steps that you would recommend they take from the moment they feel that way that will give them the least path of resistance, the least stress, and the most yeah. chance at success in their well, lives? Yeah, when you're, first of all, everybody's got their stuff, okay? I know I do. Okay, thank you. Um, Everybody's got their stuff. This happened to be my stuff. So the question is really, how do you deal with your stuff? Okay? Um, I have to say, after all these years and the this, this stuff that I had, my identity, um, <clears throat> now that I'm in the position that I am today, a, 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 a clean soul, a, uh, a soul that is not hiding anything, uh, a soul that's free to just live their life of who they are um, and uh, to deal with your stuff in, uh, in a truthful way. Um, but you also have to realize to do that, it's more than just you. It's other people around you. And in my case, my stuff, my identity, for me to transition, it affects a lot of people. You know, if you're a young person, let's say you're suffering, you know, you're dealing with your identity. There's family members, um, <clears throat> there's loved ones, there's all these people around you, okay, that it's also going to affect. Um, number one, you have to be true to yourself. Number two, you have to be true to your loved ones. Um, if there's a little bit of compensation if to make maybe the other people uh, come around, um, I would say, you know, do your best to do that. Um, do your best to help other people understand what you're going through. Uh, but the bottom line is living your life with no secrets is the only way to go. Um, and it may be tough. It may be difficult. It may take a while for other people to come around. But the bottom line is, um, yeah, you, you, you have to live your life with a happy soul, you know, and that's really hard to do sometimes. And whatever your stuff may be, it could be drinking, alcohol, whatever, you know, all the time you do something like that, it affects a lot of people and, um, uh, do your best to live your life authentically. I mean, it's, it's the only way to go. Caitlin Jenner, you are a life changer. Yeah. It was fun, Bear. <clears throat> Thank you so much. What an honor. This has been a very unique and enlightening show. It was a pleasure, Barry. Okay, I'm going to scroll through the list of people who sent me a message, and one of these people will be a lucky winner, and they'll get to attend 
a podcast live with one of my guests, meet them, shake their hand, ask them a few questions, or else if they're out of town, out of state, or out of the country, we'll Skype them in or FaceTime them or anything like that so they can be there. Why not? So let me look here randomly and pick somebody. All right, landing on Elijah Tyndall, June 14, 2019. Heading reads, I am bigger because of this podcast, five stars. They wrote, as a speaker and comic, I have yet to find a podcast that challenges, stretches, and develops my career brain as this one. Points thrown out in casual conversation between industry greats are like extra point nuggets in this video game of life we're playing. All I can say is thank you. I am bigger because of this podcast. All right. Thank you so much, Elijah Tyndall. You are a winner. And hopefully I'm not physically bigger after this podcast. And that wraps up our podcast. I just wanted to thank my incredible partners, starting with Aquatrue, the revolutionary miniature countertop water purification system that works straight out of the box. Plug it in, fill it with tap water, and immediately turn your faucet into your favorite bottled water for pennies. You can get $100 off when you go to industrystandardwater.com and just type in the promo code Barry and start enjoying the best water you've ever had and never buy another bottle of water again. And I Killed JFK, the groundbreaking film about the only living person who admitted to killing Kennedy. Go to IKilledJFK.com, buy the film and the rare interviews with five of the last living experts, and I guarantee it'll change your mind about what happened that day. And the Air Doctor, the innovative portable air purification system which will change your overall quality of life. It instantly removes dust, pet hair, mold, pollen, flu viruses, and other contaminants circulating in your home. Normally $600, and if you don't believe me, check Amazon right now. But for a limited time, I can offer you 50% off. That's a $300 savings. Just go to airdoctorpro.com, type in the promo code Barry, and start breathing the cleanest and healthiest air in the world. And here's a preview of the next very special episode. Chris Red, fight as much as you can in that peer pressure of, of 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 trying to run with the run with the crowd because that's some shit to do. You know, what I mean, it's like there's so many different ways, so many different examples of ways to get to get to get what you want out of this life and follow that dream. As always, this has been Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. And if you like the show, tell all your friends. And if you don't like the show, tell all your friends. You get all the money Drive that fancy car All the people love you Cause you're going for Life is for the dreamers They have all to gain It's never quite over Till it all feels the same You pick your Dig your own grave Down in the valley A fortune Thank you for listening to Industry Standard with Barry Katz. If you'd like more info on our schedule of new episodes or how to reach Barry through Twitter, Facebook, or email, go to BarryKatz.com. Before you leave, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast, leave a comment, and rate it, even if you think it blows. Thank you for your support, and have a great day.